Good morning, Good News Church. How many believe we've had church already this morning? How come you didn't get up and come to the 8 o'clock service? Well, it was canceled, so you're off the hook. So in case you didn't know, that was canceled. So, um, hey, so I thought I'd better introduce myself again. I'm John Hudson, a uh, member of the, the board and, and uh, chair of the selection committee, pastoral selection committee. And I thought I needed to introduce myself because if you hadn't noticed, there's something missing with me. And I, I kind of looking for a, a vote on this. But um, so I shaved. Yeah. It was kind of a weight loss thing, but um, it didn't work out too well. Um, I, so, uh, and, and I got a couple of votes like uh, two days afterwards. So my daughter comes to me, uh, my 16-year-old daughter. I'm going to dime her out here. Anna, and she says, hey, Dad, you look about 10 years older. <laughs> wow, there's a vote of confidence. Okay. And then like the next day, Lori, my wife, there's my beautiful wife back there. You can wave. Hi. She says, um, you know, I kind of like the beard. I'm like, what do I do now? I agree. Oh, so I got to vote here, grow it back. Even, even John Lawman got in on it. He said, dude, man, you just left the bearded culture, so you got to come back. Hey, so it's my honor and privilege to bring an update to you all, uh, to the family of Good News Church, about what we've been doing uh, as the selection committee um, the, the process that we've been going through. So I'm going to take a few minutes here, if I can straighten out my papers, to talk about what we have done over the last, we'll talk about what we've done over the last few months. This is not cooperating. So we've been on a journey as a family, right? Good News Church, we have, uh, way back in August, uh, September, um, Pastor Walt resigned. And that was hard for a lot of people. And throughout that process, we know that we've been united as a family. Uh, we've been united in prayer and seeking God. And we appreciate that. Even from that very moment, you didn't fall apart. You didn't panic. You joined with us and you sought God. And we appreciate that so much. So even now, this month, we appreciate the effort and the commitment you've made to fast and pray for us and, and through the body and the future direction of Good News Church um, and through fasting and prayer, right? How many of you had those? You got those, those messages, those words, and you're praying through those, right? We appreciate that. And along the way, God has shown us. He's taken us piece by piece, step by step, and revealed things along the way. And we've tried to keep you informed uh, as best we can um, to honor you and to honor what God's doing, okay? So this is an effort to talk about specifically what we've been doing and where we are today. Um, I want to talk about the steps that it takes for someone to apply. It's not an easy process, okay? They have to make a huge commitment. They have to really step out in faith. The first thing that they had to do was they had to respond to the prospectus that we put out. And I don't know if you remember that, but it was, you guys did a survey? How many of you took the survey? All six of you? No. I know more of you took the survey, but we appreciate the feedback and the questions that we got from that because that helped us develop what we needed to, to ask as we went through. So if they were going to submit an application, if someone, they had to, to respond to that prospectus, and there were a lot of questions in there that they had to answer. 
And as each application came in, and there were some, uh, we prayed together as a, as a board, and we have continued to fast and pray and meet. I don't know if you know this, but um, every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock since September, we've been meeting. So the, the, the board has been meeting every Sunday, and we're probably an hour, hour and a half, where we, just, we were sitting together and praying and considering what uh, the next steps would be. And for us to move forward in every step, we had to be unanimous. That's why it took some time. So we appreciate your patience as we work through that. So they had to submit a, a, a formal resume and in response to that prospectus. And as we were led and we prayerfully considered each resume, we had external and internal candidates, we vowed that we would stick to our process and, and fully vet, fully consider any internal candidates before we moved on to anyone else. But the next step was then we had another set of questions for them. So they had to submit in writing um, some responses to some informal questions that we had developed, again, based on the survey uh, that you guys responded to, and that helped us build the framework for how we were moving on. And again, we would take those written responses, we would pray over them, we would take time. And uh, we appreciate how you have stayed with us as a family throughout that. Finally, as we considered what to do next, we had, um, we had an informal meeting with candidates where we just kind of had family time. Uh, we talked about what they wrote, what they had submitted, and uh, then decided what to do. And, and for that meeting, we actually gave them more homework. And uh, so they had to actually do a, a writing and consider nine different areas that we asked them to write about. And for each one of those areas, and I'm going to list them out for you, they had to write 350 to 400 words at least to fully explain to us and show us the vision that God had shown them for the future of Good News Church. And the areas that they had to write about were leadership, preaching, worship, ministry to children, prayer, leading change, ministry to young families, discipleship, youth ministry, and their overall vision for the future of Good News Church. So that also took some time. So we received those writings, and then we decided how we would move forward after those informal meetings. So, uh, so um, and again, I'll remind you, before we took the next step, anywhere along the way, all seven of us had to be unanimous. We had to be absolutely together on whether to move forward or not. So, um, what I need to do is give you an update on where we are. You want to know that, right? So, on Saturday, February 16th, we conducted a formal interview uh, with one internal candidate lasting about three hours, pouring over uh, at least 30 questions with all the sub-questions that were added. And so, that was a long and arduous process. Uh, and immediately thereafter, we held a vote. We didn't... We didn't need to pray anymore. We didn't need to discuss anymore. We held a vote. And once again, 7-0, we were completely unanimous in our decision. So it is our pleasure, our honor, to uh, present to you, Good News Church, our nomination of your next, as your next lead pastor, Pastor Jason and Carissa Carter.
Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. You may be seated. So I'm going to ask that the uh, deacons who are here and their spouses and the pastors and their spouses who are here, if they would all come up, we'd like to pray. Um, we have a few more weeks of process that we're going to go through, and I'll explain that in a minute. But we want to take some time to just pray over them. I've asked Pastor Chris and Morris Jackson to pray this uh, So many times I've heard, um, Pastor Jason, you refer to as a Joshua. And so I felt like it was appropriate to go to some of the words that um, the Lord spoke over Joshua when he was getting ready to move forward. And this is Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, and do not be afraid or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I'd like to read the whole first chapter one, but we'll just stay right there. God, I thank you for Pastor Jason and Carissa. God, I thank you that they are full of strength and courage, God. God, I thank you that they follow after you, God. Father, I thank you for thank you for all that you're doing in their lives and then and the and the future of Good News Church. And we just declare in Jesus' name, they'll be the ones that'll take us across the Jordan. Oh God. God, we look forward to going to that new place. And God, I pray wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you for them, oh God. God, I pray protection over their family, over their household, over their health, over their finances, over their children in Jesus' name. Would you mark them with your spirit and would you mark them with the precious blood of Jesus Christ? God, I thank you for them and I just declare your blessing, your favor upon them. I pray that everything they put their hand to do would prosper and they would be in good health as their soul prospers. Amen. Isn't God good? I had the same scripture that I was going to quote and out of Joshua 1 8 through. But also it says there that I will never leave you nor forsake you, and you will lead my people to the inheritance that I have for them. Amen. So I believe that. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord God, that your spirit is among us, your presence is here, that the Holy Spirit is here that Jesus is here. Thank you, Lord God, that this is your body. This is your church. God, we thank you, Lord God, that you have chosen your person, your man, to be the leader of this church, Lord God. A man that's going to be on his face before you. A man whose heart is after you, Lord God. A man who wants to obey you in everything, Lord God, who puts you first, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for this man that your spirit indwells, Lord God. We thank you for the anointing that's upon him. We thank you for the glory that surrounds him, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for your presence today. And we give you praise and we give you glory. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Right now, right here in this church, in this city, in this state, in Jesus' name. And all of God's people say amen. 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 And the people of God said, Amen. 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 And that I'd be a little remiss if I didn't take just a moment and thank the staff, but especially Pastor Raphael and Victoria. 
Amen. Your leadership and obedience is what brought us to this point, and we thank you so much for that, for submitting to that. So what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks? So uh, what we will do over the next couple of weeks is uh, we will ask, we will take questions. Uh, you can email them to me. You can, you can call me. Uh, you can call you can talk to any of the board members, but there's also a form uh, so these are out at the information station. You can write down your question, and we will also have an opportunity to text questions uh, for those of you who are that adept. Um, I actually have the number, and I can give it to you. Oh, it's on the... Wow. We're all over it. So you can read the number. But you can text questions to that. We'll collect those over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and on March 10th, Sunday, March 10th, will be official candidacy Sunday. Pastor Jason will preach. And uh, Monday, or, yeah, Monday, March 11th, we will hold a special business meeting where we will host a town hall to answer and address all those questions that you've submitted, after which we will hold a vote. All right? Okay, so if you have questions, please hit us up afterwards. But without further ado, Pastor Jason. You want to come stand by me? I just want to make sure we're, we're keeping up. Okay. okay. All right. So we decided to put things on paper just to make sure um, we're clear. So forgive me if I'm just staring at my paper. I actually need glasses too. So, uh, but we just want to be able to communicate as clear as we possibly can uh, to let you know a little bit about the process. First of all, I wanted to say what an incredible privilege it is to receive this nomination to be considered the next lead pastor of Good News Church. Many of you know us, but some of you may not know much about our journey, our past responsibilities here at the church. Chris and I have been here for 12 years this past January and were involved in the last major transition when Pastor Walt became the interim and the lead pastor. I have served in four different areas, young adult ministry, ministry teams, youth, and lastly, leadership development pastor. All of these roles were positions of need, and we were asked to fill them to help serve glad tidings, good news. We have always wanted to serve in whatever capacity was needed, while at the same time bringing change within the ministry we served. Chris has served as the worship leader for our young adult ministry until about nine years ago when Pastor Jeff left to go to Freedom Worship Center. She has served in that capacity ever since. Okay. I wanted to put words on paper because I know in church culture, what is not said is being interpreted as much as what is being said. And I hope this sheds light on questions you may have had over the last five months specifically and a little more information on the last couple of years in general. None of us knew what would happen after Pastor Walt's resignation and have been walking in faith with God to discover next steps for our church. 
For the last year to year and a half, God has been speaking to Carissa and myself about transition. It has been an interesting time to say the least. Very rarely does God tell you everything he wants to do ahead of time, but he chooses to reveal his will in the process of time and through relationship with him. Trust and obedience are choices we must make, but they are necessary in discovering the next step to God's plan, both individually and corporately. In regard to future plans as his children, we are on a need to know basis. He may give us a glimpse or a partial picture as to our future, but rarely how he will choose to bring it about. Therefore, we are to trust God's heart when we can't always follow his hand. God was birthing vision in my heart and clarifying purpose and calling over the last two years. I began to understand more clearly my calling and function in the body of Christ. And with that understanding, there was a growing desire to see this calling expressed every day. I just wasn't sure how that would take place. I was feeling transition, but was not sure where God was leading. Pastor Walt always gave his staff room to discover and explore what God was saying and doing with him. He would allow us to walk with him as we processed future decisions. I'm sure at times that made him very uncomfortable, but he was always willing. An example would be when Chris and I were thinking of trying for a third child several years ago. We wanted to make sure it was okay because of the roles and effect it would have on our team. Of course, he did, uh, he did tell us we'd, we didn't need to check with him, um, but we did it in consideration of him and our team. After Chris and I intentionally discussed the idea of having a third child, Chris helped me to see that I was experiencing about a temporary insanity and brought me back to my senses. This is an example, though, of how gracious Pastor Walt was in helping us process the future. When Pastor Walt asked us to be the first multi-site pastor, it fit in the direction God was speaking about transition. It seemed to make sense that this was the direction we were to go. We worked with Pastor Walt, Pastor Raphael, and Susie DeSantos in what the multi-site would look like how it would function, and what kind of differences were and were not allowed. There are two different philosophies of doing a multi-site. One is that it will look exactly the same as the main site, like the model Pastor Craig Rochelle uses at Life Church. The other model is the way Hillsong Church creates their different multi-site locations. Their model has certain similarities, but also allows for some latitude in how it expresses itself based on the pastoral team at that location. Our team never felt comfortable as we all worked to establish the type of multi-site it would be. We had all gotten used to using the phrase, we are building the plane as we fly it, especially in relation to establishing the leadership development process and the multi-site plan. Simply put, we had never been this way before, and we were committed to figuring out on how to create these opportunities as we move forward. To be honest, we never felt settled as to how the site was going to operate, even while we believed this was the step that God had called us to.
As we all wrestled with the structure and design of the multi-site, Pastor Walt would offer his resignation, which was surprising to all of us on staff. With his resignation, Chris and I knew we needed to shift gears again and remain to continue the consistency our Good News staff has provided to this church until a new lead pastor was in place. Our plan at the time was to finish the assignment within the leadership development role I had and then to make any decisions necessary when the church had found a new leader. The only exception was if Pastor Raphael was the correct choice for good news, then we would have discussed with him how we could serve him more effectively. To be clear, I had never really considered the role of lead pastor at Good News or anywhere else. My initial resistance to the idea of being a lead pastor is rooted in a perception I've had about the position itself. We all are governed by our perceptions. Okay? We all have a filter, and that's how we see the world around us. For many years, I've always thought the lead pastor position represented meetings and messages. Meetings and messages represent management to me. This is not wrong, but it is not what God created me to do. God created me for movement. You can see that when I'm always walking around. God made me to create change, create new opportunities, to create new frameworks, cultures, and foundations for new expression of ministry to be done. It is this understanding that led me not to apply for this position. It did not seem to fit. After Pastor Walt resigned, Raphael and I met in the office and he asked me if I was supposed to take the position. And I said, no. I then asked him the same question and he replied, no. And we committed to steady the church until God revealed what to do next. After the conversation, I went to God in prayer to make sure I was open to what he wanted. I simply prayed two things if he wanted me to proceed in the process to candidate for the lead pastor role. Pastor Raphael would have to tell me he thought I was the person to lead the church. And then the board would have to be 100% united and in agreement that this was the direction they believed God was leading. The first time I met with the board, it was not to discuss any interest in being the lead pastor, but to share what I saw as the future of Good News Church. After our meeting, the board asked for clarifications to what I shared and asked for both the informal and formal meetings as the process unfolded. After all of these things, it is at this time that everyone believed this was God leading and we were to officially candidate for the position of lead pastor. Carissa and I are honored to be in this process and humbled the board has asked us to proceed as a candidate. We love good news and like all of you desire to see God's will take place here. We ask that you would all continue with us in prayer as we move forward, palms up in submission to God's plan. Thank you. Well, well, well. I don't understand your hands. Do you stay or do you go? You can stay, but I, but I do move up here a lot more than he does, so you may want to give me some room. <laughs>
<laughs> You're good. Praise God. Well, good morning, Good News Church. Afternoon, actually. Aren't you glad that you came today? Yeah. So you got the inside scoop. Those that did not want to scoop this morning did not get the scoop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Well, um, first and foremost, Victoria and I are so excited uh, to see what God has for us. And, and we are 100% behind the, the board's decision. And we support Jason and Carissa. Praise God. Love you guys. Love you. And you can clap. Nothing wrong with that. You know, I want to congratulate Pastor Jason for this nomination. And I know that it's just a nomination. But see, I think this is his last ministry never. I think because first it was I'll never be a pastor that happened. Then I'll never be a youth pastor that happened. I'll never be a lead pastor. Well, you know, so we praise God for that. But I am I am so thankful for you, Pastor Jason, because your love for God's people is exemplary. And, you know, your desire to see God's people know their God given purpose and for God's people to move into their destiny it's something that is contagious. So I applaud you for that and for what God has been doing in and through you at this body, for how you have been so, so faithful. You know, you're a great dad, great husband, great friend, and a great MOG, man of God. <laughs> so you're wondering, what did he just say? It's not in Spanish. I promise. And also, I also want to thank the board. You know, these guys, you, you've seen them up here. And I think uh, we have Dr. Daly right here, if you play, please may stand. I think John Gertis is somewhere back here, unless he, he stepped out. Uh, Dr. John Hudson. And do we have Chaplin walked out as well? But anyway, we have seven of these guys. You may sit down. But we have seven of these guys that I have had the privilege to, to serve with for the last few years. And I tell you, there's no agendas with these guys, which sometimes in some boards there is. And I don't care what kind of board you're talking about. There's power struggles. And somebody wants this and somebody else wants that. These seven men want God's will to be done. Their, their, their sole desire is for us as a church and as individuals to obey the voice of the Spirit. And I admire that um, about them. And I, and I thank you guys for having ears to hear and Dr. John Hudson, I know that being the chair of the search committee has given you a ton of extra unpaid hours. <laughs> and I thank you for that. You know, the many meetings, the many emails, the phone calls, the answering questions from staff and congregation. Um, it's, it's been remarkable. So thank you so much for all that you've done. You know, in First Timothy chapter 3, verse 8 and 9 says this, In the same way, deacons must be well-respected and have integrity. They must not be heavy drinkers or dishonest with money. They must be committed to the mystery of the faith now revealed and must live with a clear conscience. So I tell you, good news family, as I see those verses, I look at these men and I say, yeah, they fit the bill. They do because it is about Christ. It is about going about their business with humility 
And more importantly, it's about having a, a clear conscience, knowing that it's not about us, but that we're going to proceed palms up and following Jesus. The last group of people that I want to thank today is you. The Good News Church family. I want you guys to do this for me. If you guys could celebrate one another and just put your hands together for each other. Let's do that. Thank you. Honestly. See, what, what normally happens in a church when there's transition at the top, people, quote unquote, hear from God that they're supposed to go somewhere else. Right? But why is that? Well, it's because we do not like uncertainty. It's because we do not like to not know what's going to happen. We don't like the feeling of not being in control. I don't like it. And that's what we have to be palms up. So that's what normally happens, may happen at a church during a time of transition. But it has not happened here. Why? Because we're not a normal church. You're not a normal, you're not normal people. You're all people that have chosen to follow Christ. So thank you, Good News Church, because you have continued to trust in God. Thank you for you have continued to pray. Thank you for you have continued to serve. You have continued to give. And I thank you above all else because you have continued to follow Jesus. Because you're not following a man. You're following Christ and the voice of the Spirit. Because the Word declares that the sons and daughters of God will be led by the Spirit of God. And we need to keep in step with the Spirit. See, and that's one of the things that I appreciate the most about Pastor Walt. He laid, the, he laid a great foundation, right? Because he knew it was, not about him. it was not about him. It never was. It's not about me. It never will be. But Pastor Wall laid this foundation of following Christ, not following a man. That's why he wasn't married to this pulpit and saying, it's mine. I could be the only communicator. So on this team, we're going to continue to have that open hand, palms up in every sense of the word as we move forward into the next season. You know, God has been speaking to me two passages of scripture um, in this in this past week, one of them um, is found in Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. And I've really had this those verses in my in my heart and mind these last week. And I know you are very, very familiar with it. Many of you have read it and quoted it. But I want us to unpack that this morning a little bit. See, good news. As you continue to trust in the Lord. He will direct our steps. This is what it says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. See, it begins by trusting in the Lord. That's where it begins. It has to begin in trusting God. And that's what you have been doing. That's what we all have been doing. Saying, you know what, God? We don't know which way to go. We need your help. We need to make sure that we fully trust him. And our understanding is flawed. We don't know all things. We don't see all things. Even though some of us feel like we do. Right? Yeah. You guys are quiet. Well, 
When we say that we must acknowledge God, what does that mean? The word acknowledge is to accept or admit the existence or truth of something or someone. So we said in all your ways, acknowledge him in all your ways. We must recognize that he is who he said he is, that he he has the truth, that he knows what's next. He knows the steps. So good news, as we acknowledge him and that he is everything we need, as we acknowledge him in every decision we make, as we acknowledge him in the plans that we have, as we acknowledge who he is, he will direct our steps and our path. I want to share a, a word from a, from a friend, a new friend of mine who has been attending uh, Good News Church for longer than my wife Victoria and I have been. I um, mean, this May, we're going to have 17 years that we've been attending Good News Church, and um, he has attended here longer. He has been in leadership uh, roles here at the church and everything. And he and I met this week, and we were talking about, okay, I said, when you look at the past, like way back when you first started coming, and then the not-so-distant past, and now this transition and what you see moving forward, what comes to your mind? And he said... There has been a fight for the soul of this church. And when he said that, I said, whoa. Yeah, I can see that. So there has been a fight for the, for the soul of this church. See, the Bible is not perfectly clear what the soul is. But by reading scripture and studying how, how that word is used in scripture, we can, we can get to, a, to some conclusions. And simply stated, the human soul is part of, is the part of a person that is not physical, right? The soul is different from the body and that it continues to live after physical death. So when this body is no longer present, the soul is what lives on. There has been a fight for decades over the soul of this church, of Good News Church. There has been a fight for that which will remain. See, services will pass away. The programs and the things that we do will pass away. They're important. But what is that that God is calling us to do that will remain? And that's what, what the enemy is after. That's what the enemy is after destroying. See, Satan tried to derail Jesus' assignment as well. But even though he tried, he could not. He was unsuccessful. Why? Because Jesus was about his father's business. Jesus was about obeying his assignment. And as Pastor Jason said, obedience to God is a choice. A choice that we must make as a body. We must choose to obey the leading of God. And, you know, we have to stare temptation in the face just as Jesus did and say, we will continue to move towards our destiny as a church, as a body of believers. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6 is another passage of scripture that I've been praying through and reading. And this is so, so important. And I think it goes, it goes into, um, it will help us through this next season uh, as we step into into the destiny of Good News Church. Ephesians 4.1 says, I therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling, 
to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism and one God and father of all who is over all and through all is in all. Right. Sound like a tongue twister. But see. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling. I want you to think about that verse. Walk in the manner worthy of your calling. Every single one of you have been called by God. This is not just Pastor Jason. It is not Raphael. It's not Pastor Chris. It is not what we're talking about here. Every single one of us have been called. And you know what we have been called to do? We have been called to be the reflection of our Savior. We have been, we have been called as instruments, as vessels of the presence of God, of the love and the compassion and the righteousness of Christ to a dying generation that we may carry this hope, right, of eternal life, that we may share this message of good news, of great news, To all people everywhere. A message that brings hope and salvation and transformation. That's your calling. That is your calling. And however you choose and wherever you choose to exercise that calling, that is your field of influence. So my field of influence can be here. But it doesn't mean I don't get to do it in my neighborhood. It doesn't mean that I don't get to do it when I'm out and about at Walmart or wherever. You have been called. But we must exercise this calling with humility. Not with pride, right? Which is an antonym of humility. Being humble is being gentle. Why? Because our Savior, our King is gentle. We should also exercise this calling with patience. Boy, that's a very difficult word. Patience is the, the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. I'm going to read that definition again for those of us that need to be a bit more patient. Patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. The capacity to accept or tolerate delay. God, how much longer? God, how much longer do I need to pray? God, how much longer do I need to put up with this? God, how come you have not answered my prayer? God, how come the same things continue to happen? God, are you still there? Patience, my child. It is in that tension. It is in that delay when faith grows. See, it is through that delay that our trust in our King and our Savior has an opportunity to grow. Without that tension... 
there's no need for growth, right? And as a church now, we have been growing. We have been growing through this delay, right? And through the things that we see with our spiritual eyes that God wants to do. And they have not come to pass yet. But that's why we must continue to fight for the soul of this church. For the purpose and the destiny that God has called each and every one of us to be a part of. It also says that we must bear with one another in love. That means that I need to put up with you. You need to put up with me. In love. That means that if you mess up, I need to love you. If I mess up, you need to love me. That's what it is. It's not trying to throw the other person's dirt right in their face. But to help them through that. Bear with one another. In love. Verse 3 says... That we must be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit. I am incapable to bring unity. And neither are you. You're not able to bring unity. The spirit of God brings unity. We are called to preserve that unity. Right? To maintain the unity that the spirit of God has, has brought. And that's what we see here. That's why I think that we have stayed united because we have said, you know what? We're going to follow the Spirit of God. We're going to listen to the Spirit of God. And He has brought unity in this place. So now it's our job to be eager to maintain it. To preserve it. I see a great unity in this body and we must be eager to protect it. The unity that the Spirit of God has brought to us. Why? Because see what it says in verses 4, 5, and 6. It says, because we are one body, one spirit, called to one hope, one Lord, one baptism, and then one God and Father of all. One God and Father of all. Can you guys say with me, we are one? Oh, boy. Shall I give you a do-over? We are one. Amen. See, because if the word says that there is one father of all, that means that we're a family. See, in the family, children may have different roles within the family, but not one is more important than the other. You may have different roles depending on your abilities, depending on your maturity, all of those different things. But not one is more important than the other. That's what I want you to know. You are important. You are as important as me. And vice versa. Or as Dr. John Hudson Can we please stand? Good news, family. We need to continue to pray. See, let's not let's not do like 
like so many times we tend to do, right? Right now, Dr. John Hudson just said that within the next two weeks, we're going to be entertaining questions and receiving questions from you, and then we're going to have a meeting, and there's going to be a vote. But see, it has our prayer focusing on prayer and focusing on the Lord and focusing on what the Spirit is saying and doing has to extend beyond that. Because there is something that God wants to do through this body of believers that you play a part in. And as we continue to move forward as a church family in this next season, I would like us to commit to two things. One, that we may commit ourselves to fighting for our God-given purpose in prayer. That we will fight for the soul of Good News Church together. That we will fight for that which remains. It's not about the outward appearance, but about what God is doing. That which is inside, that which will not be corrupted and will not be taken away. So please join us in praying for a God-given purpose to be fulfilled. Also, I want you and I to partner in praying to eagerly maintain the unity of the Spirit in this place. To eagerly maintain and preserve the unity of the Spirit of God in this place. Because He is the one that brings unity. What does that mean? We stay away from gossip. From murmurings that may bring a crack into this unity that God has brought. We protect one another. We're about one another. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this body of believers. I thank you, God, for every person under the sound of my voice. I thank you for those that were unable to come today, God. I thank you for their prayers. I thank you, God, for their faithfulness. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the resolve to not give up. I thank you, God, that when the going gets tough, they get tougher. I thank you, God, that they have a desire to please you, Lord. I thank you that they have ears to hear what your Spirit is saying. I thank you, God, that they have been... They have been faithful in serving, faithful in giving, faithful, God, and not giving up, faithful in being completely surrendered to you, God. Right now, I pray, God, that you will help us to fight with you for the destiny of this body. God, that we may come to a place where we know the purposes for that which you have brought this body of believer for of believers forward god may we pray may we not seek cease in praying god i pray god that you will help us to eagerly guard and eagerly maintain this unity that the spirit your spirit has provided in this place god i pray i pray that we will be about one another god i pray that there will be no gossip and no slander and no and no murmurings that may hinder that which you are doing god this unity that you have brought forth i pray god for every person in this place for every individual that called good news church their family god i pray god that we may be 
about Jesus Christ and following, truly following the voice of the Spirit, that we may celebrate one another and that we may love one another as you have loved us, God. I thank you for these people. I thank you for what you are doing, God. Praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Honestly, guys, I don't know how many times I'm going to say it, but thank you. Truly, thank you. It doesn't stop now. It doesn't stop two weeks from now. We need to continue locking arms, moving forward towards that which God has promised. Amen. Thank you, guys. Love you so much. Be careful on your way home. See you Wednesday night. And guys, Friday night. Come on. MyGoodNews.Church. Go and register. Want to see you there Friday night at 630. Love you. God bless you.